Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> And edit it. <laughs> hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. <laughs> <laughs> and you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Welcome to Do Go On, a podcast with me, Dave Warnicky, and I am here with someone who's not me, but they are also on the show. It is Jess Perkins. Hello, Jess. I am not you. Hello, Dave. How are you? I am good. Thank you, Jess. And uh, we've got a third person to introduce. I'll throw that little Ooh, posting duty over to you today. I get to do it too. Oh, well, who's he's, it going to be? He's not me, and he's not you. Ooh. He's Matt Stewart. <gasps> yes. Hello, Matt Stewart. Hey, guys. That was exciting, hey? Yeah, because I thought... There was part of me that thought that was going to be um, Dave. Sure. But then you said that you've already introduced... Um, it's not Dave. Yeah, yeah, both of you. And then God. I'm like, oh, that's really narrows it down to probably me. But I'm always ready for a, something from left field with you, Jess, because you just throw things in and I, I never know. I'm a wild card. You're, You're a wild card. Yeah. You're a wild card. Mm. You got a wild card into the Raw Comedy Final? I did. And I've been wildcarding it ever since. There are some people who probably may have, this is the first time they've ever heard the show and they genuinely are surprised to hear your voice, Matt. Do you want to say hi to them? Oh, hi. Um, welcome. Welcome to the show. <laughs> yeah. It's really good to have you here. Yeah, thanks for coming. 20-odd episodes in, we're starting to get good at this. Can you tell? <laughs> yeah, you're from that great <laughs> intro, that great wild card of an intro. Uh, this is a show where we uh, take it in turns to research a topic and then report back to the other guys on the topic. Matt, your turn. 
I was going to say on, on the podium. Yeah. Po- podium finish. On the podium. Yeah. Oh, that's Scraped good. in a third place. The podium. That's not bad. <laughs> third place out of the three of us. <laughs> yeah. Still oh, on God. the podium. No, nah, but if you think about it, that's probably right though, isn't it? The bronze medalist. Yeah, he'd be the bronze. <laughs> he's the Michelle. <laughs> Almost definitely, yes. In, I think that's in, fair. In the Michelle Jesse Williams. Child, he's the Michelle Williams. Yeah. So. To our Kelly Rowland and Beyonce Knowles. Yeah. yeah. We'll say. Um, he's the Michelle Obama to us, our Barack Obama, which we are both. We're both Barack Obama. I'm the Les Miserables to your Ron Hitler Barassi and Humphrey B. Flaubert from Tism. Wow. <laughs> Sorry about that, Les. That was a bit rough. Was also all, all too key members. specific. Wow, that was yeah, and that's why you will never leave that third podium. No, that's not true. This I'm not even on the third place on the podium. I'm I'm on the third podium. Yeah, yeah, ninth. <laughs> so that's yeah. What is that? Ninth. Ninth. Third on the third. Have you guys still ever, happy to be involved? Did you ever play sport or win any medals or certificates growing up? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure I would have mentioned this before because I do all the time. I was. Uh, St. Paul's Junior Tennis Club's most promising junior. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, um, gr- great. And what happened to your tennis career? Um, well, when, the, when it went from juniors to, like, open age, like, adults or whatever, I quit. Because <laughs> I, <laughs> I would have had to find another competition and it just never, never happened. Most promising. And then you gave away that talent. What could have been? Well, I mean... Most promising at St. Paul's Junior Tennis Club. Still something, isn't it? That's right. I wasn't even the best player on my team. It was a weird result. No, take it. Shut up. Take it. No, I do take it. Yeah, own it with pride. I was Year 7 high jump champion. High jump? That's really hard. I beat all the tall girls too. What That's was your, good. What was your technique? Were you scissor kicking over or doing the Fosby flop? Fosby flop. You were in a flopper. I, I can tell flopper. you're a flopper from from way back in the day. Yeah. No. And how how good high, arch. How high do you reckon you could you could have back then? You peaked. I don't remember. I don't remember how high it was. Dave, could you just stand up for a second? I want to see uh, if Jess still has it. Yeah. Ready? <laughs> I needed more of a run up. On your marks. Here we go. And here she comes. Well, that's great technique and. She's cleared me by a country mile. Well yeah. done. Yeah. Yes, that was really good. Thank you. And the way you landed back in your seat. Yeah. Amazing. And I'm not even cherry puffed. On the top. Not even puffed. Do you get puffed from a little jump, like as far as sports go? Well, you've never been U7 high jump champion, have you? Well, quick, ask no. me ask me how many things I won. How many things did you win? Absolutely zero. Let's move on. Okay. Oh, great. Old Tiny Hands Warnicky. Hmm. Couldn't hold a pencil, but could hold a javelin, apparently. Uh, no, you say, you laugh about my tiny hands. I could never do discus in primary school because I couldn't get my hands around it. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I had really small hands, okay? How are you an adult now? How did you make it? It's luck. It's luck. I think this. I think it was like nature trying to just weed out the weak, yet somehow you just clawed your way back yeah. in. That's the problem with the internet age is people like Dave survive now when they shouldn't have. Shouldn't have. If this was, you know, <laughs> if we were hunting, hunting and gathering, you'd be, you'd be gone. And, and instead of gone, I'm just gaunt anyway. <laughs> <laughs> You know when you see someone who's enjoyed something even before they've said it? <laughs> yeah, he did that. That was a great moment. Thank you. And I would have been too. Would have been too. Yeah. Uh, is this week's topic sport related at all? No, it isn't, but it's... Um, oh, sorry about that, have, have you explained the hat recently? We talk about the hat yeah. a bit. Yeah. So uh, the way we pick our topics is we either think of something we find interesting ourselves or we get people to tweet or email in, which you can do at any time, at do go on pod on Twitter and 
do go on pod at gmail.com. And then uh, Matt has been uh, putting all these suggestions into a hat, and lately we've actually just been pulling them out and researching what you guys want us to talk about. Mm. Yeah. So on this week's episode, um, I've actually got two suggestions, because the one I pulled out uh, just tied in nicely to another one that we got uh, a few weeks ago. So I, I've kind of combined them both. The first one is just like a little... A little bit of a preamble at the start, I guess. So, um, so this this is a double. So it's like mi- a double header. A mini and then a main. There's a mini and a main. So an entree. Ooh. The Top main of- one is involved in the mini one. I like this. This is what is this? The first time we've had this. Yeah, it is. Look, I'm changing the face of Do Go On Pod cast. They said it would couldn't be done. Yeah. I guess they probably would have if someone had asked them. So we usually start with a question to get into the topic. Are you going to have two questions or just go to the one and then the other? I think, yeah, I'll, I'll do the first. I'll ask a question for the first one and then we, we'll figure it out for the second one. Of course, as we uh, usually say, this is super tedious for the people listening at home because they've read the topic as they pushed the download button. But might, anyway. might have even been the reason they downloaded it. Yeah, it could be. So they're like, just hurry up and talk about it. We don't give a shit about your sporting nah, shitness. They do, though. They, they love that. Deep down. I think they just got to know us a little better. <laughs> Small hands, Warnicky. That's right. High, High jumping, jump, Jess. Perkins. Most promising talent, Matt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. On the podium. Um, so. Third. Yes. <laughs> this year, this year that we're in right now, you might not be listening to it when we're recording, but this year is 2016. My question is. What bit of bad luck has been happening to a lot of celebrities this year? Oh, we've had a lot of deaths. Yeah, that's it. All right, let's deaths. Celebrity deaths. Oh, so you... <laughs> that was the question. <laughs> what bad luck has been happening? So this year alone, we've a lot of people have died. But in previous years, obviously, celebrities have never died. No, but they have. But last year, for example, I think we all remember 2015 was a big year for tax fraud for celebrities. So that was yeah. the bad luck they're having last uh, year. This year, it's all about death day. Like Rolling, do read a magazine sorry. every now and then, would you? Rolling, Rolling Stone's top 10 bad luck moments of yeah. this year. Number one will be celebrity deaths. Yeah. 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 I mean, you're being a smart ass, but it's a serious thing. I know. No, we are joking about death. None okay. of the Rolling Stones um, have died this year as well, which is weird. Yet. Yet. Good point. Um, so this this came in from uh, on our Facebook page from uh, a listener named Joe. She she asked if we had noticed that uh, so many celebrities are dying this year, and she was she wanted to know if we sort of had a theory about it, whether it's coincidence. But she just she said she was blown away about it, and she's taking predictions around the office as to who's going to be next. Cause Which is creepy, but good call. It's a good fun game. Who do you reckon's going to? But then, die? like, if you're right, right you're like, yes, ah, oh. whoops. See, this yeah, is this is some, the second time it's happened. Game. Remember when you did the Queen Elizabeth episode, and I was like, I was going to do that. Like two weeks ago, I googled the Twenty Seven Club. Right. To like look into it, and maybe it was because maybe I'd read Joe's message, or maybe. It, it was before that, but I was sort of like, oh, I wonder if there's something there, and then I forgot all about it. The 27 Club's a good one, but I think what I've noticed, I've got a, I mean, I've got a bit of a list. Yeah, hit us with the list to remind people of who has died. Is it just this year you're focusing on? Yeah, well, it, it, it actually, to me, it started late last year. After Christmas last year, Okay. Um, Stevie Wright, the Easy Beat singer, mm-hmm. died. Then Lemmy, uh, the front man from Motorhead. from Motorhead, bass player and singer... Um, died a day later. Then into January, David Bowie passed away. 
than Glenn Frey. Glenn Frey from the Eagles, uh, co-founder of the Eagles, died. Harper Lee died mm. to kill a mockingbird. And then um, into March, George Martin, the fifth Beatle, one of the many fifth Beatles, passed away. So there the definitely have been a lot. That, that were the big ones. There's heaps. Like I went through long lists, but I would say in my mind there that's sort of probably towards the bigger names. John English passed away recently, Australian um, TV star and singer from uh, All Together Now. That's what I remember him from as a child, but he was also like Pirates of Penzance and stuff. But those guys, I think the one thing I'd say that links all those people are that they were at least a little bit old. Like the youngest person on that list was 69, so I don't know if it's... Mm. Or 67, actually, Glenn, Glenn Frey. But at least a little bit old. Yeah, not to be... Too. And they're all musical people, the ones you They're all uh, musical, apart from Harper Lee, who was an author. Um, but she has the word harp in her first name. That's right. No, yeah, good point. She was. Which and is, mockingbirds which have is, a beautiful singing voice. That's right. So it's all coming back to music. Yes. Um, all right. You want someone, someone who wasn't... Uh, no, I'm just thinking that maybe that's part of the, the theory. Oh, okay, yeah, is there, sure. Is there anyone who's not musical? Yeah. Um, for instance... Joe Alasky, who was a voice actor um, who took over the voice roles for Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Sylvester the Cat and Tweety Bird after Mel Blanc died in 1989. So probably the versions that we were familiar with growing up. And uh, I'll just bring it back to music again. So he was a... He, he was the voice yeah, of the bunny, but there was a, quite a popular music competition called The Voice. Was so, well, that, that feels like I just a, high-fived Dave so, because I saw where he was going mm, and I fucking loved it. Because I'm going through them and they, yeah, they, they're, they're a, all musical. A lot of them are musical. What about... um? What about, uh, uh, the, uh, Dan Haggerty, who was Grizzly Adams, an actor, best known for his beard and rugged looks. He was 74. <laughs> <laughs> Was that funny to you, Dave? <laughs> what, what a mystery. Taken too soon. <laughs> it's, it's like you, you're treating this like some sort of conspiracy. A 74-year-old man has died. No, I am I mean, I think I said early on that the... Uh, I think that, you know, it does seem weird that they're all happening at the moment, but it does seem like... There are not many that are sort of well before their time. I think like Bowie... Yeah, David Bowie, was he 69 years old? He was 69, that's right. Um, so that that is quite young. So having said that, I just laughed at the 74-year-old. There's not that much difference. No, 69 seems, sounds on paper a lot younger than 74 to yeah. me. And, the, yeah, and I was very sad about David Bowie, I will, will admit that. And shocked, I was surprised, I didn't realise he was ill. Yeah, me either. I think there, there are different theories about... I was sort of reading why um, people think that maybe... It seems like so many celebrities are dying when maybe it's no more than normal, but they are some big ones, right? So there were was a theory that I don't think quite checks out that um, because of the internet age, um, a lot more celebrities are well being known. well known and being produced and sort of their like is fandom the, has been become bigger because of the online world. And is it also easier to find a community and then like because you know when you go on Facebook when David Bowie died or or let me to a lesser extent people were like rest in peace. David Bowie, or here's yeah. my favourite David Bowie track, or yeah, to all yeah. the three Motorhead song, or something like that. And then all, all these rock legends came out, like people from the Foo Fighters, like Lemmy was like a big idol yeah, of mine. Totally. But like in older times, maybe 
only really famous people would be on the national news. Mm. And apart from that, it'd just be a small newspaper article. And yeah, that, that might make sense. Like, only the metal community would have really been aware of Lemmy's passing when um, now that's just... Like, everyone's got metalhead friends and they see him on their, posting about it on their Facebook. I, what do you guys think about people posting about the grief of celebrities on Facebook? Do you have an issue with it? I don't have an issue with it. I don't particularly like it. I don't think I've ever posted about a celebrity's no. death. Uh, uh, Goff Whitlam, I did. <laughs> yeah. I tweeted about Goff Whitlam. That what was did about you it. tweet about Goff Whitlam? Who I was a, don't even remember. Should we give context to yeah, our sure. listeners? He's a prime minister. Of this country. <laughs> and a famous one at that. Yeah, so he, he made a lot of change in a short amount of time. Yeah, he, he's seen by some people as being a political hero in Australia and some people... Probably seem the opposite of that, pretty divisive. But, but most people, most politicians in hindsight, and at the time, are like that as well. But So what was your post about Gough Whitlam? I don't even remember. It was it, it was just a little tweet. It was just something like, I, don't, I honestly don't remember. But um, that's the only time I can think that I've said anything about a celebrity because I kind of feel like, firstly, mourning is generally quite personal and private. It doesn't have to be. Like if, if, if it makes you feel better to share something, then by all means go for it. But... Uh, at the same, like you didn't know David Bowie, wow! But that's so unfair because then sometimes certain musicians can really have a big impact on your life. I don't know. I just everybody do whatever you want to do. Mm. Have you ever posted <laughs> one, Matt? Yeah, I posted. I posted a video of uh, Motorhead when he passed, and um, a, a live video when I found footage of the time I saw them. So I posted that, and I did that. I did that directly after reading uh, Motorhead on the Motorhead account. Them asking people to celebrate his life and talk about it, and so I'm like, "Oh fuck yeah, I'll, I'll do that." Yeah, maybe that's that's different. That's better because they want like. I mean, there's. I don't see what the downside is. It's kind of like a nice thing. It's a celebration, you know, of the life. I don't. I don't think it's. I don't really have an issue with it. I know it pisses some people off. Like they feel like it's it's turning something into a uh, like a selfish moment. Like a yeah. how how can I make this about me? But I mean, it's a fine line, I guess. I didn't think I was doing that, but I probably I guess I, it's exactly what I was doing. I, was, I said no. this was the time I saw Motorhead and it, uh, the first time, and it was amazing. No, me, I, I, I did. I think that's different. I think. Um that's exactly what I was going to say. I think some people make it a lot about themselves and it's an attention-seeking thing. But but that uh, I, I imagine social... what I my post would have read exactly like that. Yeah, maybe people. just because I know you and like you that I don't mind it. And if, yeah, if it's true. somebody that I don't like, I'm like, fuck off, dickhead. Yeah. But what part of social media is not about me? Really? Yeah, that's totally. Of, that's I have an opinion seeking. on something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, everything you write is... I mean, some is worse than others, but it is funny when... People get a bit uptight about it. Like, come on, mate. You, yeah, we get it. You've got, you're having a good day, but it's like, well, what else? Do you, what yeah. else do you use it for? I just don't like when it's really flashy and like, oh my god, can't stop crying because you know a musician who's who you know one song of theirs and you're just doing it jumping on a bandwagon. That I don't appreciate. It is funny, well, because it's like um, you can stop crying to. To type this message, I reckon. Yeah, I mean, you could like, be doing it through the tears. But that's the thing. Like, if it was, I'm so sad. I gotta let people know. <laughs> but if it was a family member, would you do it? You know, like, would you? Uh 
I wouldn't. Some people do. I, I always feel it like when you get messages directed at someone, it's like, I guess when someone's passed away and you want to somehow put a message out to them, like knowing that it, yeah. Facebook probably isn't the medium, but what is? Yep. Like you say a prayer or something, but if you don't really believe in that, I guess what Facebook makes it feel like you're... you're Getting it out there to them. Facebook is our religion. Super ridiculous. In a way. But it's whatever helps the grieving process for you, I guess. Mm. I always find it funny when people go, like, um, I've got the best girlfriend in the world. Happy anniversary. (laughs) Oh my God. Baby. Yeah. And it's like, well, I imagine you're going to see them today. Probably just let them know. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Yeah. Or is is that a sweet thing where you've gone, look, I. I want everyone to know that I love this person. Is that a nice thing? No, but the chances are they're sitting on the couch next to each other and they're not actually talking to each yeah. other. Yeah, I got one word. That. One word for that, and that is gross. Ugh, I hate when I do that. Nah, next. Icky. Yeah, go fuck yourself. I especially hate it because nobody loves me. We love you, Jess. I love you, Jess. Hey, what were we talking about again? Death. Death. Uh, yeah. And I'll probably die anyway, alone. <laughs> so, the, I mean, so, um, so you're, uh, we said Bowie passed away when he was 69. Another... Um, Which is a pretty great age to pass away. Oh, at, David, right? come on. There was a, the, another great guy, <laughs> a great celebrity, was in the 69 Club, which I think... Is there such a thing? Uh, there is now. Yeah. Um, Should we aim for that? I mean, in, 69. I, I mean, there's a 69 Let's all club. Aim like, for the 67 69. club's yeah. pretty famous, I think, because it's quite a young age. But I think the studies have shown, studies have shown, that's what a, a wanker says um, <laughs> when they don't have an actual study. I think studies have shown. I think you'll find. The 27 is nowhere near the, the most common age that big celebrities are. They're norm- normally a bit older. but um, No, but it is quite a young and tragic it's a young age. age. And, and they, and they lot keep. Of, they keep dying from like drug overdoses yeah. and stuff. They dry, they die in dramatic ways, not just old age. Yeah, totally. Um, but some other people who uh, passed away at sixty nine years of age, which Ooh. is still youngish. There is a sixty nine club. I'm a big fan of this. Stop saying sixty nine well, club. I've, I've, I've got a couple of names. Um, they include Louis Armstrong. Oh. Um, Saddam Hussein, which is probably not. <laughs> well. And Evil Knievel. Oh yeah. Well, he lived life. To the full. Yeah. I mean, I, I really, I, I think 69 is still too young. Yeah. Maybe not for Saddam. I didn't really <laughs> think about that. Uh, you know, I don't have an opinion on that. Oh, boy. Was he? He was executed. He executed. Yeah, he yep. was. He was yeah. hung. Too soon. Too soon. Gone too soon. <laughs> really? Oh, that is awful. No, definitely not. And edit point. Um, so 69 for Louis. But also one other, one other uh, man... Who I see is a great man, and this was the other suggestion of topic. And it Ooh. came from um, a guy who got on board this podcast early days, named Cecil. You guys familiar with his work? Yes, we know we know Cecil's we work. Enjoy, we enjoy his tweets. Uh, so he he suggested that. Do you, do you know who I'm talking about? I might. Who do you want to? Let me just tell you this. Ho, ho, ho! <laughs> now I have a machine gun. Great impression of 
sounded like Sean Connery, to be honest. I thought no, it wasn't Sean Connery. But that's what it sounded like. Well, Sean Connery is still alive and definitely in his 80s. That we know of. We're talking... Are we talking Alan Rickman? Alan that was Rickman. the impression. Come on, everyone. Die hard. No, that was very Sean Connery. I mean, I know the line. I yeah. just wasn't sure. Oh, I, I thought know it the might line. have been Sean Connery doing Hans Gruber. Yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. Fair <laughs> Try enough. again. My I am, uh, very do it, say Harry Potter in the Alan Rickman voice. I don't really watch Harry Potter. I watch oh Die Hard. Just say the words Harry Potter in the Alan Rickman voice. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> Your face is well, fucked like, right now. Look at these, like a cockney voice. All right, maybe we'll come my, back my to favorite, you. <laughs> I think my favourite Rickman line, which is probably one of his more famous ones, was from um, Prince of Thieves, where he was playing Sheriff of Nottingham. And, he, oh, yeah. and his, I think it was his cousin, um, he, was, he told him to um, cut his... Heart, cut Robin Hood's heart out with a spoon, and the cousin Ugh. said, "Shouldn't we? Couldn't we just use a knife?" And uh, Rickman <laughs> goes, "No, I'm going to use a spoon." He's like, "Why a spoon?" He says, "It's Use the, do duller." The <laughs> oh, I can't do the voice. He says something like, "It's duller. It'll hurt more, you idiot." <laughs> really good. That's a great line. That's a great line. That's a great line. Still did, better than your Sean Connery. He probably did a little bit better. I didn't do. I didn't disrespect him by trying to do a voice. To be honest, I will impersonate whichever dead celebrity I like, and I will do it in the style of Sean Connery every single time. <laughs> do Sean Connery. I will only do him once he dies. Do you, That's the rule. Do I will you, only do him once he dies. Sean Connery. Dave I mean. Warnicky. Sexiest man alive. You're going to do him? You You're going to do Sean? him? I did not know that. Sean Connery. I believe it. Money Penny. Well, that's not bad. It's James. Lost it. I'm sending you a fax. Still fine. I'm sending you a fax. <laughs> From his car. He's got a fax in the car. <laughs> what a cool guy. Um, so, so, Alan Rickman, yes. Um, do you guys know much of him? As a suggestion, I was like, all right. So, things I wanted to find, I'm like, Alan Rickman controversy. Do you see what you're up, typing in? Yeah, it came up with nothing. Scandal. Alan, well, yeah, I just wanted to see if there... It sounds like he just... Everything that came up was just great actor... Great guy. Great guy. Um, but I, yeah, so I thought maybe we could just go through uh, his early years, talk about his career a little bit, and that, that could sort of be the episode. What do you think about that? Nah. No, I want the controversy. Yeah, I want to. I'm afraid I can't deliver you any. Well, uh, thank you so much for listening, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's been another episode. Do go on. <laughs> what about the people who, I mean, I already feel horrible for the the Rickman fans who might have searched this out in particular, just like it'd be really nice to just talk about, hear people talking about Alan for a bit longer. All right. And we've started off with all this bullshit. Yeah, we have done a lot of bullshit. Sorry. Sorry, Sorry everybody. So, uh, Alan Rickman was born in Acton, London in 1946. Uh, he was the son of Margaret. Uh, um, she, she was a housewife and... His father's name was Bernard, and he worked in a factory. What kind of factory? Oh, my God. That was my question. Nah. If you reckon I had that answer, do you think I would have said a whatever factory? Just say a machine gun factory. Let's guess. Machine gun? I reckon biscuit. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go with biscuit. Matt, what do you reckon? That's much more likely. I reckon he worked in a dream factory. Fuck off, Matt. 
pick something that actually happens in factories or you don't get to play our game anymore. Maybe I don't want to play your game anymore, Jess. Biscuit Maybe I'm factory sick of playing is. your little games. <laughs> I reckon Biscuit Factory is a pretty high up there possibility. Imagine. Wouldn't that be a great job? Of all factory jobs. Bloody bickies. All right. But we're all, and we're also Sorry, talking boss, about just 1940s. Test this one. Yeah, they so had bickies I can't back imagine... Then. The factories would have been great. They're only making like boring biscuits, like Scotch fingers. I've just no iced bobos. Forty six. There's no creams. Factory, factory worker. I like shortbread creams personally. Oh, I didn't know that existed. Shortbread and cream together. No, they're like the they're like an Arnott's shortbread cream. Yeah, they got the three speed lines down the middle. (laughs) They do. I'm a Monte Carlo guy. Oh man, the king of biscuits. Like every everyone probably is pretty much, but from. I'm a teddy bear or a shortbread cream. I like teddy bears. I'm bored just listening to you talk. <laughs> I'll take a Kingston. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kingston, yeah. Same I could, those, but could take a, add a second, pinch. Second to a yeah. Monte Carlo. All right, so Bernard was working in a Monte Carlo factory. That's uh, <laughs> when he, uh, his wife Margaret gave birth to one Alan Rickman, 1946. What else we got? Uh, um, Rickman's dad, the factory worker, Monte Carlo factory worker, uh, died when he was only eight years old. Oh. <sighs> When Alan was only eight years old. So, <laughs> not his dad. Wow, young dad. Wow. It's happened. He was potent. Um, so he, <laughs> he had a son that's what, maybe seven. Potent is yeah. a, just a disgusting word. Um, was it when talking sort of, about an, oh, a, a, young a boy. child. And was um, Bernard killed in some sort of factory, like biscuit related mishap? Well, no, because biscuits would never hurt you. <laughs> it has to have been something different. No, he the died war? Of, yeah, he died of the law. Said the war. The war. He died of the war. Which finished a while before. Before the Alan was born. Yeah. So he died when Alan was eight. There's been an accident at the biscuit factory, Gov. Is Mr. Rickman all right? No. Yeah. And then Alan comes in. He's like, Dad. Yes. I'm Sean Connery. No one knows who that is yet. This is 1954. I'll make you pay for this, Blofeld. <laughs> oh, when you stop laughing, I'd let you know that um, this left uh, Alan's mother to raise Rickman and his three siblings all by herself. So having a chuckle over there, Jess. Do you reckon they got given a lifetime supply of Monte Carlos to ease the pain? <laughs> I didn't find that written down specifically, but I also didn't find it uh, not ruled written out. Down. Specific, not <laughs> r- written down specifically, <laughs> which was interesting. Um, Rickman attended Derwent Water Primary School in Acton, and is a- that where Derwent pencils come from? Oh, bloody hell! I want to think that it is. Again, we haven't seen it not written down. I I, I can't definitively <laughs> rule it out. Derwent is a river. Yeah, Derwent Water Primary School. Yeah, so that would, that's, that I think sense. that's where those mm. pencils come from, Derwent River. Nailed it. Comes it from happens. the river. Yeah. They just they occur there naturally. naturally of course. <laughs> they just dredge from the bottom. Yeah. They come in 112 different colours. Mm-hmm. They're not in order, though. Someone has, that's someone's job. Could have been Alan Brickman's dad's job. Pencil-related mishap. What, after? No, before. Working two jobs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was hard work. <laughs> uh, um, the, the Derwent Water Primary School followed the... Montessori method of ed- ah. education. Heard of that? Yes. I hadn't heard of it before. I've, I've got a few notes about it. Do you know? Do you want to? Is Montessori the one where there's no sort of 
grades I think as, in terms of like the struggles of grade one, grade two, grade three. Yeah, exactly. That sort so of structure. It's, it's like uh, the classes were mixed age. Yeah. Um, so you, you might be in a class with someone who's... 32. <laughs> uh, Alan, pair up with uh, Joseph. He's a 32-year-old bricklayer. Yeah. But he's learning algebra this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's that, that sort of thing. Um, but it's uh, cheese chips at play lunch. It was uh, it was invented by a lady named Maria Montessori. Oh well, no coincidence. That was that was why. Huh. Um, because her name was also the. Do you know anything about method. Maria? Uh, she was an Italian physician. Um, Maria Montessori, she, Italian, really? Yeah. Huh. Huh. And she she studied extensively. Um, education with young special needs kids and that's how she came to create the Montessori Montessori method uh, other things that um, that a Montes- you'd find in a Montessori class the students were able to choose their own activities within a, a prescribed range of options <laughs> yeah not just it's not just like play-doh <laughs> all right Alan you're not murder <laughs> Chris not again Chris, you've tried I that reckon... three times this week. <laughs> of the two, like, Play-Doh probably was an option, right? At a certain stage. Murder. Seriously? Well, like, I mean, of those two suggestions... But you're going to limit the children's opportunity to yeah. murder if that's what they want to do. If that's how they want to learn. Yeah, Maria Montessori is... <laughs> no, personally, I I mean, everybody really learns differently. Personally, I learn by doing. Learn by, learn by, I learn by killing. <laughs> that's how I learn. Yeah. I, I, that's how I learned that's a bad thing to do. Yeah. Right. But how only... else would you have known that? I know. Then I move on to play that. Right. Okay. Well, that that is true. It is learning by doing. That mm. is what the Montessori method is all about. If I pronounce that differently each time. No. Um, <laughs> and they, yeah, so the discovery model meant that the, the students would learn the concepts from working with materials rather than by being instructed directly by the teacher. They kind of just... Figure it out for yourself. This is pretty much the Montessori. Figure, see, method. I would have really struggled with my small hands if someone had just given me. A, I'm going to stop you there, young Dave. Uh, oh, was there a figure, program for small-handed? Figure boys? it out yourself. No, no, I was, I was uh, not going to take any of that. Sorry. As uh, you'd be a great teacher in a Montessori you. school. It'd be a pretty great job for a teacher, wouldn't it? Sit down and figure it out yourself. Yeah, really I can't good. help. Okay, do whatever you want. Oh. See ya, and then you just go outside and have a smoke. Just yeah, through that's... the window, putting your thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. Looking good, kids. Like the room's on fire. All right. Yep. Learn how to put that out. Yeah, Jess, Jess, your arson program's really coming along. Thank you, miss. He became involved in drama in high school, um, but excelled at painting and ended up studying at the Royal College of Art, which led to him becoming a graphic designer at the Notting Hill Herald. Oh, God. So he was doing that while he was still studying. He was already working a job as a graphic designer. What a dream boat. Yes. So, so um... So yeah, he be, he became uh, became a, a graphic designer. So that was his. He actually had a career before acting, which isn't super common for the superstars, I don't think. Um, and then after graduating, he started his own graphic design studio with some friends. Oh, do you know the name of it? I do. If, can I we guess it? Yes. All right, you're Alan Rickman. Okay, Dave, you studied a lot of drama through university. I need you to get into character. Okay, <clears throat> you are Alan Rickman. Okay, B. Alan Rickman. I'm your friend. Okay, we're having coffee. We got this. We're naming our graphic design company. Welcome to Shakespeare's Dog. Uh, <laughs> it was it called Shakespeare's Dog? The graphic design studio. I studied the... drama, of course. I think 
Okay, Matt. Even no, if that, even well. if that isn't I'd the correct say that answer, is a, a ways off. Okay, well, even if that isn't the correct answer, I think we can at least acknowledge that for a moment, Dave left us. He did, and Alan Rickman was with yeah. us. And uh, I would like to say that "dog" is an acronym for Shakespeare's design or graphics. Fuck. Dog. Just off the cuff, he came up with that. That was. Is that? Oh, that was off the cuff. Yeah, um, I think you'll find on that laptop that you've got written down that that's actually the correct answer of Ellen Rickman's design studio. Uh, Design or graphic, Shakespeare's dog. Yeah, I think, (laughs) and it was it was AKA, which is an acronym for. That's an initialism for, also Um, known as. Damn it. That's a callback to an early episode. A very early episode. I think the first one ever. Yeah. Uh, AKA, also known as graffiti. G r a p h i t i. Graph. Graphic. You like think graphic. that that's better than Shakespeare's Graph dog? It. I. Uh-huh. You think that's better than Shakespeare's dog design or graphics? Look, honestly, yes. Really? Yes. I want to move on if I can. <laughs> that is rubbish. Tweet Everything in. about what you just did. Hashtag Shakespeare's dog because I think that is Only incredible. because I'm lazy. That is the only reason why anyone is hearing what you just said. Your performance yeah. was moving though. Thank you. That was really impressive. Yeah, moving me to vomit. Oh, okay. But that SmackDown was also quite impressive. I feel very trapped between... I love both of you so, so much. So I'm having a great time. You have to choose. Well, I'm going to tell Matt to fuck off. That was his impression of me. So bad. Thank you. I'm the master of impressions today. (laughs) Um, So he left his own little company. They, They were successful, but he left it after three years and... He did that because he was. He decided that he wanted to have a bloody crack at acting, an acting crack. <laughs> he wanted to have an acting crack. Yeah, good luck, mate. Good Crack-ting. luck. He went for a crackting. Jack and his mates were like, "You'll be back. You'll be back at graffiti, oh, big time." Almost definitely, because that's just how people think. Won't even clean up your desk, mate. You'll be back. Yeah. Yeah, we'll leave that for you. Yeah. I won't even uh, get rid of your leftover spaghetti bolognese <laughs> right. out of the fridge because it, it'll keep. Three or four days. Yeah, and, and you'll uh, be back. You'll be then. back. I'll keep your world's best boss mug on your desk there. Still got tea in it. It'll be fine. Yeah. Tea keeps. <laughs> tea keeps. For... I reckon you'll be back in 15 minutes. <laughs> it'll be and a little is, bit cooler. This but... is piping hot. It'll yeah. probably be at appropriate temperature by the time you get back if from anything, your, if anything, your acting failure. If anything, you really need a break. Yeah. You've been working too hard. You'll need an acting break, but you won't get one, and that's why you'll be back here. <laughs> yeah. Within 15 minutes. Within 15 minutes. Bloody hell, you need a bit of patience in the acting game, Alan. You'll never... Yeah. Anyway, um, so he enrolled at RADA. Do you know what RADA stands for? Royal Academy Dramatic Arts. Yes! Yes! Only it was just art, not plural arts. Well, uh, I don't want to be pedantic here, but I actually think that it's um, known colloquially as uh, Shakespeare's dog, so (laughs) bringing it back. If Shakespeare had a dog, what kind of dog would it be? And second follow-up question, what would he name his dog? Some sort of um, water hound. And he would name it Graffiti. And he did. That's right. It's all coming together. It's all mm. coming together. Very good. Uh, during his studies, Shakespeare was a big focus. He attended RADA when he was around 26 or 27 uh, years see, old. That's quite old to start yeah. studying acting full-time, which is great. So there's still hope for us. I could be. We're twenty six this year. I could be a professional actor, a Shakespearean actor. Yeah. Yes. Jess is already making uh, strides towards that now. Doth. That's about all I got. But it's strides. That, that it was a stride. 
more of a, that was probably more of a, like a little step. But yeah. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> And edit it. (laughs) Hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. (laughs) (laughs) And you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Uh, So from there, he... he, uh, he... So after graduating RADA... Would you say RADA or RADA? RADA. RADA. Because I'm thinking like WADA, right? RADA is better, but I imagine it's Because it's RAD? Yeah. But RADA. That's RAD, eh? RADA. <laughs> oh, that's RAD, eh? <laughs> yeah, you're going to study. <laughs> yeah, where are you studying? I'm going to start at RAD, eh? Oh, that's RAD, eh? Yeah, it's RAD, eh? Yeah, it's RAD, eh? And then that same person goes and, and performs Shakespeare. That makes sense. <laughs> It is the East, and Juliet is the Sun. I think that says a bit about someone when they they go to Shakespeare references. Is Romeo and Juliet? Yeah, very mainstream. I would have gone with out out damn spot. Probably one of the ones you would, wouldn't even know. Mm-hmm. What's that, Macbeth? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know a thing or two. <laughs> Never heard of it. Ugh, I hate myself. <laughs> now nah, we hate you too, though. Oh, that's right. Team after. <laughs> After graduating RADA. So was that a three-year course or just a one-year? Three-year course. Wow, so he's, what, 29 or something by the time he's finished? Yeah, I think... Late 20s. Matt's not sure. Late 20s. Yeah, it was late 20s. It's impressive that he had one job in the arts that's hard to crack and he was doing it well. And then it was like, you know what? I'm going to be an actor now. Well, I think... And I think he said that it just was kind of not done. You just couldn't just go and be an actor. He saw that as being like too, like it was seen as being a bit too um, self-indulgent and mm. was this guy going to be an actor, get a real job, mate, sort of thing. It would be like that. Yeah, it's weird because because of that attitude, it's why it's slightly easier for the people who do make it, even though it's still br- brutally hard. Mm. Imagine how hard it would be if everyone followed their dreams. Ugh, ugh. Or maybe maybe it's only the people that follow their dreams that are any good. I don't know. I don't think that's true. I reckon there'd be people out there, graphic designers, 
who would be mad actors who just never quite had the courage or the, they weren't in the right circumstance to give it a crack. But I can't prove that. There's no way I can, so don't make me. But also, it wasn't not written down. <laughs> oh, no, that's true. It wasn't. It's just in my head today. <laughs> Get out. Get out. Get out of me head, mate. <laughs> Get out. You're clawing at me. My lobes. My temporal lobes. Man, I'm, this is the third time I'm starting this sentence. After graduating RADA, Rickman acted in many stage productions, uh, through England and, and Scotland. And um, he also started to get involved with the Royal Shakespeare Company. Huh, haven't heard of him. In 1985, he scored the lead role in the Royal Shakespeare Company's production of... I looked, I, I, You know when you can get pronunciations from uh-huh. the website? Um, I looked this up, but I'm not going to get it right. La Laison d'Angerie. <laughs> That's not it. But it's spelled if I if so I So it's not even a Shakespeare. If I, no, it was like an adaptation of something else, but they did it. I'm gonna call it Les if you said it in an Australian accent it'd be Les Liaisons Dangerousies. Oh boy. Is it something to do with dangerous liaisons? liaisons? Yeah. I am guessing. So did you say what year was this? Nineteen eighty five. Nineteen eighty five. So he's thirty nine and he's getting his big break, is that right? His big no, that's not right. He was born in 46. 46. Yes, is that right? Never, yeah, tr- never doubt Dave's maths. Is that right? So 39, and this is his big stage break. So he, wow. Yeah, so wow. he was, well, I mean, yes, yes. So he's been doing bit parts, like, well, not so even he, bit parts, but doing, touring, but this is a big step up. Yeah, like this, main, this, this is a, this a bit of a break, but I mean, he's, he's had breaks and, you know, it's like a career is never one big break. It might be seen that way by the public. Like sure. the public see... His big break coming later, like if he didn't get that further big break, we wouldn't be talking about this big break sort of thing. Sure, but something the that's first, all a step. The next milestone in his life is thirty nine, so that's quite you know. Yeah, so through his thirties, he he did a lot of acting, a lot of stage acting, and he also was, but he was on some BBC TV productions and stuff like that through that time as well. So I mean, he you know he had a bunch of different breaks of different sizes, um, but yeah. 1985, he scored the lead role in Le Laison Dangerous. And that, that production uh, went really well um, in England and was transferred to Broadway in 1987, uh, which was Rickman's introduction to the American entertainment industry, I guess, and also vice versa. Yeah, right. A year later, in 1988, he scored his first role in a Hollywood blockbuster playing German villain... Hans Gruber in the first Die Hard movie. Nice. Which is just a great One of the all-time great action movies. Yes. I'll come back to that in a second, but um, first I just want to talk about some of the... He, he um, was nominated for a Tony Award for his role in the Broadway version of the Les Laisons Dangerousies. Let's just call it the French play. The French play. So <laughs> Nominated for a Tony. So he's nominated for a Tony. One little bit of the egot, but he didn't win it. But um, that's nice, though. Yeah, it's great. Like he, like the man's got skills, big skills. That and was his... and not just graphic design skills, mind you. That's right, um, or dog naming skills. That was his first uh, major award nomination. Um, from there, he also was nominated for two primetime Emmy awards. Oh. He won one. So there's a. That was the only little bit of the egot he got. He. Uh, 
was nominated for one Golden Globe, which he won. He was nominated for four BAFTAs, again winning one. Three Screen Actor Actors Guild Awards, winning one. Wow. And he was nominated for another Tony Award in 2002, which he didn't, he didn't quite nab. Um, apart from that, so they're probably the major ones. The, these ones are a bit more fun. He was also nominated for two MTV Awards. Now, that's the one you want. I think that it's, it should be called a Me Got. Yeah. Because you want the MTV. Then that's got to come first before the Emmy, the Grammy, Oscar, or yeah. Tony. The Me Got. Mm-hmm. 100% agree with you. Could not, I like me got as well. Actually, good. no, I disagree. Sorry. It's just, just above an MTV. Kids' Choice Award. Kids' Choice, yeah. You want a Kids' Choice Award. You it's might get slimed. Thing. Oh, man, you might get... A, I think the trophies are often like surfboards and stuff like they that. They are. Can you, you slot the KC into the me got there? KFC. K- KFC, KFC, Kids' Choice. Kids' Choice. Kids choice. Oh, the Kids' Choice. I thought you were going to say, get some KFC in there, the Kentucky Fried Chicken... Awards MTV Well you were way off Dave Emmy Oscar Anyway if you can't do it that's fine But don't bother stalling any longer (laughs) It's tricky because it should be CK really Hang on look at him his his brain's ticking I'll come back to you Um, So he won one MTV award for his portrayal of Professor Snape in Harry Potter Which we haven't talked about yet but he goes on Spoiler alert Spoiler alert The final one the one with the Deathly Hallows part 2 The other one he lost uh, which was for best villain for his portrayal of the Sheriff of Nottingham in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, which he uh, played in the 90s. Isn't that, that sort of... And what was the award for? Best? Best villain. Best which, villain. And I see That's that quite... as being one of the best villain performances ever, right? I think yeah. he's a good villain. He's he's often said to be one of the best, and he changed big screen villains forever in his, with his portrayal of wow. uh, Hans Gruber. But I, I looked up... I was... Like, this is bullshit. How could he possibly have lost Who, that in I 1992, mean, right? So I looked it up, and there was it was pretty strong villain competition that year. All right, 1992. Let's think about this. Is Dave, that, you were two. But is that too early for uh, Speed, which I think is the best what? villain ever, Dennis Hopper? Oh, I think it was right. too early for that. That's I think, he, I think villain, he might have been nominated for that. But the, the other nominees uh, were Rebecca De Mornay from The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Robert De Niro from Cape Fear. Oh, see, that's a great villain. That's Robert terrifying. Patrick from Terminator 2. Oh, that's also a great villain. And Wesley Snipes from New Jack City. I don't know what... I don't remember that movie. But um, the winner was Rebecca De Mornay for The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. I don't even know that Because film. women can be evil too, you guys. Yes. Equality. Definitely can. But what, that's, that's pretty sweet equality <laughs> The Equality-Evil Award goes to Rebecca De Mornay. I don't know that movie. They're probably three of his biggest roles. Who do you think of um, when you think of of his most famous roles? Which ones do you think of? Back on Alan Rickman. Yeah. Oh, definitely Hans Gruber. Hans Gruber. Snape. Snape and Sheriff. Love Actually. Oh, Oh, yeah, okay. Sheriff, yeah. Yeah, which I get, he was a the Love Actually guy was a little bit he wasn't a villain he was kind of a nice guy but he was kind of an asshole because he did he cheat or he was yeah. going to well, yeah he didn't I don't think he actually did but it's he, pretty he destroyed his marriage right because he bought a necklace or something yeah man people have turned on that movie they loved it for quite a few years after it came out and now every Christmas who's turned on that movie give me names and numbers public oh yeah you're still on board yes okay good it's a great film. It's just it's I a think, masterpiece. Wow. Okay. Big call. Big call. There's a fair bit of creepiness do, in do you there. Think it's people write essays about it every year. Creepiness. Yeah, just some 
It's a bit gross stuff. Would you give it the Jess Perkins Kids' Choice Award? Yeah. Oh, really? That's I would. great. The Jess Perkins Kids' Choice Award. Chuck that in Which are the awards that my children give out. Oh. Yeah, there you go. Took you a sec. <laughs> yeah, to imagine you with children. Yes, it did. Yes, it yes, did. Because I'm lonely. Oh, yeah. Fair enough, too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so back to back to Die Hard. He almost didn't accept the role of Hans Gruber. What? Yeah, which obviously was a it's a kind of a it was a big turning point in his career. Oh, I mean, it wasn't a turning point. It was just an elevation of his career. Um, <laughs> yeah, just a big step up. Yeah. So speaking uh, in 2015, he recalled his initial dislike of the role. Um, he was offered it only a couple of days after arriving in America in, in 1987. What? Just in the street. Man, you look evil. You look, Whoa. Yeah. And then he starts speaking. They're like, wow, you sound evil. Yeah. Can you do German? Oh, oh my goodness. But, oh. So this is a direct quote. He said, I didn't know anything about LA. I didn't know anything about the film business. I never made a film before, but I was extremely cheap. <laughs> And apparently Bruce Willis was costing the um, movie about $7 million, which was crazy back then. Wow, really? Yeah, it almost sounds like that's not a real fact, but I read it somewhere, so... <laughs> no, but that's a lot of... That's a lot of that's moolah. That's a lot of moolah. A lot of buns. A lot of buns or... Buns, it's a... It's bones, right? No, it's buns. David Brent on The Office says that. Oh, okay. Buns, it's uh, short for Bunsen burner. Nice little earner. Oh, nice little earner. Buns, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. It's a great, it's a great yeah, great David Brent one. Um, but that is a lot of money for, for Bruce Willis. And in comparison, did uh, Rickman ask for, I'll do it for a, a thousand bucks. Just accommodation. No, he, I, I, he would have got paid all right, but just nowhere near that kind of money, I suppose. Um, and he was, you know, in the mainstream, he was an unknown. Yeah, that's right. Tony Awards don't necessarily open new doors in Hollywood, I don't think. Or Tony Award nominations, that is. Yeah, I think that, that I don't think get you $7 million contracts. That's right. So, after reading the script, um, he was underwhelmed. He, he quoted himself as saying, remembering, saying something like, what the hell is this? I'm not doing an action movie. Come on. You could probably say it better. Say it in the accent. Come on. Oh, the hell is this? I mean, <laughs> apart from anything else, that wasn't that wasn't the quote. I'm not doing an action movie. <laughs> you sound like Nina Conti doing one of her. Oh wow! Yeah, like okay. the, vent- the ventriloquist Ventrilo- comedian. You sound like yeah. you're throwing your voice. Only your lips are moving. Not bad. I got half the job done. <laughs> Perkins doing half the job since 1990. Half the job of a ventriloquist is just talking. I think a lot of people. Are, I'm doing that right now. I'm doing half the job. And doing it well, Get man. a laugh, Jess. <laughs> Grow up. You turn on me so quickly. Yeah, fuck. That's, that's like an homage to you. You're the quick turner. I am a quick turner. I've learned all my quick turning from you. <laughs> um, so eventually, though, he was won over by what he said was the wittiness of the script. He quite liked it. I like the witty. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is quite witty. <laughs> so bad. I mean, I... Do you want to have a fucking go over there, Matt? No. You do your little British accent, which always sounds like a little... Yeah, but it's a generic struggle. one. We're talking about a recently deceased legend of, of stage and screen. And you're just... Oh, hang on a moment. This script is rather witty. That was like he was alive again. And I've changed my mind. <laughs> He 
He he also because it is. I know. I will say it is a great action movie. Like it is really great. Like yeah. You would read that script, I imagine, and think this is it's because it's funny. Yeah, but in his action. mind, he's like, I'm a I'm a theatre actor, an action movie. What's I think he like he would in his mind? His... Sorry. What's he like in his mind? What's he thinking? Which bit? The bit I was about to say. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man, give it a go. So he, but he, so apart from the wittiness, he also um, really liked the positive and highly intelligent treatment of its black characters, which he said last year in 2015. He said. So 28 years ago, that was quite revolutionary, and quietly so. There's two really strong. There's the limo driver, and then there's the uh, sort of buddy cop that helps out Bruce Willis. Yeah, it's funny that that was revolutionary, right? But I yeah. mean, it, it's not like I don't know how far we've come since then. But um, yeah, that's amazing. Like as a kid, when or whenever I watched it, it was I wouldn't have even thought twice about it. But if you knew, like Alan did. He was keyed in. Alan knew all. After accepting the role, he asked if he could make some changes to the character. I have some suggestions. <laughs> I was thinking... I'm getting worse. I was thinking he, he... It sounds a little bit Sydney Scheinberg-ish, right? Sydney! Sydney! Yeah, that was what Sydney was all about. He was... I'm oh, making suggestions. Oh, you yeah. mean making... I thought you, I thought you meant our accents, yeah. No. Making suggestions, yeah. He, yeah, yeah it like, is um, very strange for someone to get their first role in Hollywood and then be like, great, I will accept, but I have some suggestions. Yeah. They're yeah. like, uh, dude... Well, that that's kind of like... Um, yeah. Do they tell him that? Are, like, are you familiar with the with the movie? Sounds like you are. With Die Hard. Yeah, I yeah. love it. One of so, my faves. Do you, you know how he wears a suit in the movie? Yes. That was his suggestion. <laughs> what were they going to put him in? What was he going to wear? He was going to wear like a just dress? classic terrorist, like sort of that paramilitary sort of gear. Oh, he looks awesome in a suit. Yeah. He it does. totally, mm. it was a a great suggestion and it's awesome that they did it. But he wrote a few notes down, like here's some ideas and he left it on the desk of the producer. And apparently... Um, the producer, Joel Silver, responded by saying, Get the hell out of here. You'll wear what you're told. Oh, Really? Yeah. Burn. But uh, when he came back to the set, he was handed a revised script with his suggested changes incorporated. Oh, wow. So wow, so, wisdom. So I think they, they were just good ideas. Yeah. That would be annoying for a producer because you'd like, you be like, damn, damn, I just told him to get out, but it is a good idea. Yeah. It's like, that's the opposite of Scheinberg, though, because his ideas were no good. Yeah. Some of them were. Some of them were. Uh, Lorraine? Lorraine? You should be naked. You should be naked in the movie. That's what the kids love naked, okay? Chimps. Chimps are always good. Like, <laughs> How about instead of a no, terrorist, no. a chimp's got the yeah. building? No, he, he said no chimp. That was a good... He said change the oh, chimp yeah. to a dog. That was a good suggestion. Change the chimp to a dog and get that man a suit. I tell you what. But he wanted to call Back to the Future... Spaceman from Mars. No, it was What's Pluto. That? Spaceman from Pluto. Even worse. Even worse. I don't like this diehard. I think it should be called diehard in brackets. Man from Pluto. <laughs> I think it should be called... No. I'm Sydney. Uh, and another, probably the other big suggestion he made was he, he got a whole new scene added to the movie um, where he... Do you know the scene where he's... Oh, yes, the American accent. Yes, he, he, he added that in. So um, so there's a scene. There's a scene just where he is discovered by... Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis, John mm-hmm. McClane. And so you see on his face for a half a second, he's like, fuck. But then he's like, all right. And he starts talking in an American accent. Because he's a German terrorist. Yeah, 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 that's you're right. On, you're one of those terrorist guys, aren't oh, you? Oh, yeah. And he sort of plays dumb. That was really good, Matt. <laughs> so you can do American, but it's not British or Sean Connery. And Interesting. The, I can, well, no, I can do an Englishman doing American. 
an Englishman doing, doing a German, German, German doing American. American. Yeah, that was very specific, but I heard it. Yeah, I, I heard all it. of the facets. It of was that. I think that takes real skill. It does, absolutely, it does. Um, so yeah, that was an awesome scene. I watched it again today. And did he just add? That? So he suggested I can do an American accent. Well, I think he he was it, it was found that he could do a pretty convincing American accent, and then he suggested that maybe he he pretends that he's. Um, He's a hostage. That was his suggestion, which is really cool. Or rather than just... <laughs> yeah. Anyway, go watch the fucking movie, Jess. No, like, I have I don't seen it. To, I just I don't, sort of forgot I don't have time to fuck around okay. with this anymore. Okay, yeah, no. Oh, sorry, Matt. Yeah, no, I didn't mean any disrespect. I'm just really enjoying the, your podcast and your friendship. He he didn't like to be known <laughs> as a great villainous actor. Um, he once said that, I don't play villains. I play very interesting people. Okay, well, toot your own horn there, mate. All right, mate. All right. We've all been to art college, okay. But I, get, I think that would just be like a lot of actors that achieve some success will get pigeonholed a bit, and he certainly is seen through that villain filter. I think, you, like, when he died, you heard uh, in a lot of the articles written about him were great villain actor and stuff like that. But that's a... Oh, man, I love a great villain. That They're awesome. Oh, they're yeah. super no, memorable. People aren't... I don't think anyone's being disrespectful, but it'd still be like, oh, look, I can do other stuff. And he did. Like, he, he played a good guy in a bunch of movies, like in Truly Madly Deeply. Love Actually. Yeah, if you... I mean, sort of. If Sense and Sensibility. Like adultery. Uh, Dogma. Have you seen Dogma? I haven't he plays seen Dogma. the voice of God. I haven't seen oh. it in ages, but I really liked it at the time. So, uh, Rickman featured in a few different polls over his years. He was rated in an Empire poll at number 34 in their poll for the 100 sexiest stars in film history. 34? 34. Jess, you uh, you made that noise. Is Alan Rickman an attractive, like, hunk type? Yeah. Something about him. I mean, I'm definitely mesmerizing voice. No, I'm I'm happy for him to be on the list. I th- just thought thirty-four is great. Yeah, you know who's mm. number one? Yes, I am number one. Sean no, Connery. he was Alan Rickman was thirty-four. Oh, sorry, that was. <laughs> it's. I know it's very hard to differentiate, but that was Sean Connery. <laughs> oh, I beg your pardon. Clearly. Yeah. No. Now that you say that, I can hear it. Yeah. Okay. It's a slight dialect. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. One's Scottish, one's English. Yeah. I call that a dialect. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Um, so, number 34, sexiest ever? Yes. Sexiest man ever. In film history. So, that was in 1995. Film um, history. He featured in, the, they do those polls. Uh, it look like they do them nearly every year, I think. Um, in, <laughs> I think ever, year to year, is quite redundant. But, yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, there's always new people coming in. Uh, in 2013. And new people dying. He'd slipped down a couple. 2013. Uh, 2013. Because he, he's a lot older by then. He polled at number 40. But still. Only yeah, it didn't dropped, slip too far. Only dropped a little bit. Um, and this is a quote from the yeah. um, from his listing there. It said, "World, oh, if you wanted to know why, this is kind of describing why. Please. World weariness, a biting wit, and a withering way with sarcasm. World. It turns out, be crazy hot. I don't know about crazy Alan Rickman oh, remains a perennial okay. favourite in these votes, and that's oh. because he's a classy gent. Sexiest role. If you like nice Alan, then truly madly deeply. If you prefer manic Alan, try Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Or for classy evil Alan, it has to be Die Hard. Has to be. Has to be. Has to be. Uh, in 1997, he was ranked at number 59 in Empire's top 100 movie stars of all time. In 1997, was it? Yeah. 
So he's only and he's only been in movies for less than nine years by that point. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. He's really hit the big time, hasn't he? He's really skyrocketed. But I mean, he's fifty-one by this time, so late bloomer, but a big bloomer. <laughs> big bloomer, they called him. Big bloomer, <laughs> big, big blooms. But big he, yeah. bloomer. <laughs> yes, I am quite a big bloomer. <laughs> He was he was in a lot of he played a lot of great roles. Um, the big bloomer for one, oh, and he also uh, he also uh, directed and co-wrote a film named The Winter Guest. If you know that, it's what a, time of year was that set in? Uh, guest guest season, I imagine. Yeah, guest. <laughs> Let me have a look. <laughs> Are you actually looking? I'm just up? looking up the plot here. <laughs> yeah, it was sent uh, set. Oh, it doesn't say winter, but it says on a wintry day. Okay. Yeah, now we can assume winter. Yeah, but if you say wintry... Yeah, wintry or wintry? Wintry. It says wintry. I say wintry. Is that different? I'm just picking up on... I'm mispronouncing that. (laughs) Wintry. Wintry. So, I mean, if you were... Mm. You wouldn't say wintry... In winter. In winter, because it'd be like, yeah, yeah just a normal Sometimes day. on an autumn day that's particularly cold, you go, oh, a bit of a wintry day. Yeah. Okay, so we don't know. So I'd say it's probably not winter. <sighs> Lies. That's a, I'd, that'd be my guess. Mm-hmm. My guess. That'd be P- my winter my guess. guess. <laughs> uh, Galaxy Quest, that's a movie that came up a bit as I was reading about him. Do and you, where is I that set? I've not seen him. <laughs> <laughs> what season? <laughs> um, let me have a look. And what's the uh, main obj- objective of the yeah. main character? They're on some sort of quest or adventure. <laughs> if you didn't say quest, that might have been funnier. Cause... Yeah, leave the jokes to me, mate. Yeah, leave, leave them. Yeah, I often do. <laughs> the, the J and JP is for Joker. Joke Perkins. Joker Perkins. Jester. Jester. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. I was already thinking about cutting all of that, but oh, that's going to make it... <laughs> Trickier. I don't know and then, of course, much about Galaxy Quest. Were you going to say something about it? No, no. I was just uh, saying that I was wondering if you had because I haven't seen it, but apparently it's it's a it's a really good movie. Um, but then probably in in the later years, apart from um, movies like Love, actually, his biggest best known role was Severus Snape, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that was seen as a villain, but also like it was a real arc because in the end he was seen to be he was a good guy. Well, that spoiler alert, obviously. Spoiler alert. Great. I love when people say that retroactively. Well done. Retroactively. Well, you say it after the alert. Uh, you, you give the alert once you've said the spoil. Spoiler alert. Dave's he, a dickhead. Fact. That is a fact. Um, he, yeah, that is, yep, that was retroactive. He also, he directed and co-wrote A Little Chaos um, in 2015. And he's got... He's still got one movie to come out posthumously, posthumously, uh, Alice Through the Looking Glass, where he uh, voices Absalom the Caterpillar. The what? Caterpillar. The Caterpillar. Well, caterpillar. You, you nailed Absalom, mm. but then stuffed Is up. Is that right? Absal- Absalom the Caterpillar. I think I got lazy after getting through Absalom. Caterpillar. So that's yet to come out, and that, well, that will be his final. Uh, that looks like... Well, um, I mean, we think it'll be his final. We don't know what he'll do. Yeah, and he's been in a lot of stuff. So you never, well, like, yeah, sorry. No, he might. there might be other things coming out. Zombie sure. movies need zombies, Dave. Well, Hey, could, Jess, if you could just be, just sort of take the... I, I don't think I could ever do a, a recently deceased 
episode again because you just have not been I mature enough for it. Have no respect for the dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Betty, bet Cecil's glad he requested this topic. Oh my god! You know what I'm I reckon? So sorry, Cecil. Fuck him. Wait, the dead or Cecil? Yeah, fuck okay. him. Fuck the dead. They're dead. No, I agree with that. Stay dead, dickhead. I agree with that if we're talking about like you and me. But I don't. I think. I think Alan Rickman's probably still dead. Yeah, you're probably right. He is probably plane still dead, soaring above us. Um. So Alan Rickman died of cancer on January fourteenth, two thousand and sixteen. Um. Statement was released by his family confirming that saying, The actor and director Alan Rickman has died from cancer at the age of 69. He was surrounded by family and friends. The pan- pancreatic cancer was only discovered after uh, a minor stroke in 2015, and Rickman only told his closest friends and family. So it was a big shock to a lot of people because he was, you know, still working. Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't know he was sick at all. He directed that movie in 2015. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that is his death as you guys would have noticed, especially online, led to an outpouring of grief. So I've got a few of the um, quotes from some people who knew him well. Um, Harry Potter author J.K. Rowling tweeted, There are no words to express how shocked and devastated I am to hear of Alan Rickman's death. He was a magnificent actor and a wonderful man. My thoughts are with Rima and the rest of Alan's family. We have all lost a great talent. They have lost a part of their hearts. That's pretty- that's lovely, but that has to be two tweets. That's two tweets, I was yeah. going to say, that was an incredible... Because I can't even finish a thought in a tweet. Sorry, yeah, that was two tweets. Okay, well, you could have that... said that at the start, but okay. Okay. <laughs> that was over two tweets in about a five-minute span, if that... Okay. So if she, she took a couple of moments to collect the second sure. one as well. I she didn't just that. have them in the gun ready to go. No, I appreciate that. That's fine. Emma Thompson, who co-starred with Rickman seven times, said, His capacity to fill you with a look or lift you with a word... The intransigence which made him the great artist he was, his ineffable and cynical wit, the clarity with which he saw most things, including me, and the fact that he never spared me the view, she said. He was, above all things, a rare and unique human being, and we shall not see his like again. I Actually, I... That's very nice. Do you, do you dislike Alan Rickman? Like, I'm just trying to figure out where... This attitude has come from today. I have no respect. <laughs> I don't want to finish that sentence. It's Dave's already. No, just keep going. You know this is this is gonna this is gonna be one of the podcasts that we put out on the internet. Mm-hmm. People are going to hear this. Yeah, I know. I'm, Do you I, have anything to say? No. <laughs> <laughs> I miss Alan Rickman every day, just like we all do. <laughs> Don't fuck with me on this one, Perkins. is not on. <laughs> all right, fun facts. You're going to finish off with some fun... After that, those dedications, you're going to bring things up. Um, I do have respect for the dead. <laughs> so, uh, this is... I just thought, you know, maybe bring it back up from the... The death to talk about some fun facts, things, interesting things about uh, Alan Rickman's life. I was going to say, the fun facts still have to do with Alan Rickman. Yes. Not yeah, like yeah, uh, right. puppies exist. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That is fun. Oh, thank goodness. I mean, it is definitely a fact. It's fun. Yeah, it's I think fun. it's fun. All right. I'd tell that at a party. 
All right. Well, t- see if you'll tell these Alan Rickman facts. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to know. So in 2008, uh, this was from a, a BBC report. Uh, in 2008, um, a couple of researchers claimed to have designed a mathematical formula that would help find the perfect human voice. The research was conducted by linguist Andrew Lynn of Sheffield University and sound engineer Shannon Harris. The study concluded that the ideal voice for, for males to be a mixture of Alan Rickman and Jeremy Irons. <laughs> no mention of Morgan Freeman. No mention, no. Interesting. The pair worked out their formula based on the combination of tone, speed, frequency, words per minute, and intonation. Hmm. They concluded the ideal voice should utter no more than 164 words per minute and pause for 0.48 seconds between sentences. Sentences themselves should fall rather than rise in intonation. You know when you hear about two people and it makes you feel like you're not wasting your life? Yeah, big time. That makes me feel so productive. But they also make me feel kind of bad for science because it's like, really? That's what we're spending our time on? But we still haven't cured cancer? Okay. I found that, I found that quite interesting. It, it's, I mean, it's, it's maybe interesting. it's interesting that it happened, but they are two great voices as well. Jeremy Irons also got a magnificent voice. It's no Rickman, but it's, it's right up there. Uh, he was Disney's The Lion King's Scar. Ah, uh, yes, of course. Another fun fact. That one definitely was. I'm not even going to look to you just to find out. For the death plunge scene uh, in Die Hard. Oh, you know, yes. He, fell yes, off yes the he, he actually, he didn't have a stuntman. He dropped the 20 feet onto an airbag against a green screen. Watching wow. it now, you can sort of see it's a bit green screeny, but it was a quite a drop. Yeah, it's like that's six meters. Yeah, it's... A, it's it's quite a wow. Um, apparently, though, the look on his face is actual fear as he was dropped on a count of two instead of three. Oh. <laughs> so one, two, bah, bah. yeah, yeah. Wait, what? Yeah, and they did that on purpose. Apparently, he would have acted the shit well, out of that. That's fall, great. They say they did it on purpose. Really, that guy just dropped him, and then he was like, "Oh no, I, I was doing it to help Alan's performance." Yeah, <laughs> I am an artist. So that's a fun fact. Thanks a lot, best boy. <laughs> key grip, you dickhead. Yeah, you got one job. You got one job, and it's to have a good key grip. <laughs> and you dropped me. Still got my keys. Jinga, jinga, jinga. <laughs> All right, well, you've done half your job. You, I'll, I'll dock you half of half a day's pay. Jinga, jinga, jinga. Here's another uh, fun fact. He is 11 years older than Timothy Spall, 12 years older than Adrian Rawlins and Gary Oldman, 17 years older... Than David Thewlis and twenty that's probably not right and twenty one years older than Geraldine Somerville. Nevertheless, the character that nevertheless the character that the six of them play in the Harry Potter films are meant to be contemporaries and former classmates. Ah. And play young girl. Well, ah. it's it's the black hair, you know. When he's naturally salt and pepper, you go back to black, that takes ten years off easy. Yeah. You know? So all right, you just think it's the it's the, the colour or the wig. It's got nothing to do with his acting, does it? No, no, that's it's just... his hair colour. 90% of acting is hair colour. Dave, back me up. Yeah. And if they drop that hair on a two instead of a three count, wow. Woof. You've lost 15 Oscar. years. But you've got an Oscar. On, like, onto his head. Yeah, yeah they just drop like hair onto one, you. Two. Oh my God, it's on my head. I wasn't ready for that. Yeah. <laughs> thought I had one more second without this yeah. fucking uncomfortable thing on my head. Uh... All right, so that's definitely a fun fact. I enjoyed it. 
I wasn't sure at first. I thought you were just listening other actors and how much older they were <laughs> yeah. than he was. And I thought, he is 1,946 <laughs> years older than Jesus Christ. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> wow, how is he still alive? Oh. oh, he's not. Oh. Oh, Neither is Jesus. Oh. Day. Day. Have not some respect the for the facts. dead. <laughs> Sorry. Just a couple more. Um, despite being... Author J.K. Rowling's first choice to play Snape in the Harry Potter films. Apparently, she actually even envisioned him when she was writing the character. Wow. No. That's apparently, cool. Apparently. That's cool. Apparently. Yep. Great. That's a, that's really cool. If that's um, true. But he was only given the role in the movies after Tim Roth, who oh, was the Tim studio's... No. <laughs> after Tim Roth, who was the studio's preferred choice, backed out to star in Planet of the Apes. Oh, Tim. Good choice, Tim Roth. <laughs> Yeah, dickhead. Actually, absolutely. Yeah, that feels like an error. Career error. Absolutely. Career I think error. It's weird, like, if but J.K. Rowling... that he made that mistake. Yeah, totally. Oh. I mean, Rickman might have done something even better. He might Planet of the Apes, for example. Something even better than even that. That was a series, though. Does, I wonder if... Did Tim Ross survive into the... What was it? What was the really... sequel called? The beginning of the planet of the beginning of the apes of the of the of the. It has like three of those in the title, so I reckon that there's... is the most shit yeah, movie. And there's title one called ever. Dawn of the, the yeah, Planet of the movie. Apes. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes of the suck my dick. Yeah, <laughs> I've never seen. I've never seen any of those sequels, and I would never bother. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. I will Apes. never spend Dawn my time watching a movie called Dawn of the Planets of the Apes. Yeah, it's like just fuck off. Yeah, just Honestly, give up, Tim Roth. I would, I would prefer to hang out with a bunch of accountants. Matt, don't get her going. She's already feeling bitter in this episode. We nearly lasted a whole episode. Sorry. Without you bringing up those gutter people. You <laughs> <laughs> couldn't commit. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Couldn't hate on them enough. Uh, so, a final fun fact. This is, this is more of a sweet... I, I think this is kind of a... Oh, no, I don't know. Uh, Rickman was only married once, and that was to Rima Horton in 2012. And that I think that was only really discovered when he did an interview with Germany's Bild newspaper. Uh, when asked about his relationship, he replied, uh, We are married um, just recently. It was great because no one was there. After the wedding in New York, we just walked across the Brooklyn Bridge and ate lunch. Just like it, totally secret. It just he only told people about it because they asked about it. There was no fanfare or anything like that. Pretty much did it in private. What a way! That's great. What a boss. So I think that's kind of cool. But the probably what heightens the interest there of that um, was that so that was in 2012. They first met and started dating in 1965. What? And they were together the whole time. So. Aww. Yeah. That's nice. For 50 years. Yeah, just about. Yeah. Wow. So they were together for just over 50 years or maybe about 50. All up, yeah. Yeah, about 50 years and, and were only married for the last couple of years. Isn't that kind of sweet? That, that is beautiful, oh. Alan Rickman. She was even there during his graphic design days. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, she would have been supporting him when he was like, I'm 28 and I want to start studying acting now. And she was like, okay. Aww. Yeah, so it's kind Love of... Love is real. Yeah, that melts even Jess's black heart. Icy cold heart. Rima, his 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 widow, um, was a former Labour Party councillor. And, yeah, so she's a, a career politician. 
And and apparently, yeah, Rickman not not into that. No, I'm just saying, what a life these two had. Yeah, and so I guess they they saw each other go through had because he's no longer living. Trying to say that bit again. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I don't know how that I'm gonna feel about that at another time. Whether or not when I'm editing this, I'll be like, yeah, fuck it. Let's make Jess play the villain role. Uh-huh. As Alan would have wanted it all along. <gasps> and now for the Snape twist. I'm secretly a good guy. <laughs> and I do have respect for him. And I miss him every day. <laughs> I think it was great. Nice. I love a story of someone who um, sort of makes it in the second half of their life. It's like, yes, that's great. Because it gives you hope. Yeah, I just find that inspiring, and you know, and it's not like, and also that he didn't come from a career, a house with people in the film industry, or anything. Yeah. His dad worked at a biscuit farm, <laughs> <laughs> growing biscuit from seed. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's why Monte Carlo's taste so sweet. Yeah, uh, but you know what I mean. Like he's a biscuit farm, and he decided to just to make his own career, and then yeah, ah, oh, what a legend! What a legend! Yeah, so good. Anyway, that's uh, that's my report. I feel like I did not do the great man justice, but I'm sorry for the. Well, it's hard to sum up. It's very hard to sum up someone's life in about an hour, isn't it? It is, especially a great life. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, obviously, sixty-nine years jam-packed, and uh, yeah, we really just skimmed through it. But yeah, I just I uh, I think he's a fucking legend, and uh, yeah, good on him. Please, let's wrap. Could you start wrapping this up, Dave? Uh, so, well, I I totally agree. I think he is a, a legend. 34th best actor of all time on my list. Don't ask me to name the first 33. Oh. Number one, Sean Connery. Yes, I am. So, uh, that well, that's the end of the episode. Thanks so much, Matt. And uh, that one was for Cecil. Thank the you, Cecil. Cecil. Uh, for, and also for Joe. Oh, for the first half of the topic. For there you go, little... two topics in one. Yeah, and of course, for Alan. And for Alan himself. Uh, if you want to uh, us to do one of your or research one of your topics, uh, we always love getting them online at dogoonpod on Twitter, dogoonpod at gmail dot com. That's where you can find us online, also on Facebook. You can message us on there, but you know how that works. Uh, but thanks for listening. <laughs> Get those ideas coming. Uh, thanks so much, and we'll see you next time. Bye bye. Later. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.